Hey everybody, welcome to another episode of Film Haven Reviews. I'm your host Sawyer as always and today we are going back to the classics. We're finishing up our werewolf theme with one of the first werewolf movies ever made. And of course that is The Wolfman from 1941. When I originally decided to do this movie, I thought it, that it was the first wolf movie ever made, but then I started seeing posts on Filmstagram, and it turns out there is a movie called Werewolf of London from 1935. I do not know how I didn't know this movie existed, and of course it makes the 1981 movie American Werewolf in London. It makes a lot more sense. So, uh, yeah, so I kind of wish I would have done that movie instead just because I was trying to go to the origins. But still, The Wolfman, 1941, really early on, and it is the start of a lot of cinematic tropes that will then be propagated over the decades through various different movies. Uh, so I'm glad I did this film. That being said, it was not as good as I was hoping it was going to be. I'm sorry, guys. I know we started off real strong with Dog Soldiers, really loved that movie, and then I just could not stand Wolf of Snow Hollow. And unfortunately, The Wolfman is not that much better. It is better. There's a lot of things that I did like about the film, but there was enough things that I didn't like that I think we're going to talk about it early, but I think I'm going to settle on like a solid 6.5 out of 10, which is... Not horrible, but it's definitely not as high. I was hoping to at least etch out a 7 out of this film, but honestly, just some of the story elements were just not good enough for me to justify a higher score than 6.5. I mean, the movie's only an hour and nine minutes long, and yet it was still like kind of boring. I hate saying that, and not every old movie is boring like that that i think it really there are just some old movies that hold up better and stand the test of time my first halloween extravaganza that i of reviews that i would do on instagram my opener for it was the bride of frankenstein and i absolutely adored that movie i gave it like a nine something out of ten i don't remember exactly what it was but it was nine or higher um and that movie was extremely entertaining thought-provoking the special effects were incredible the story was better than the first in my opinion in some ways of course the the first is a, is amazing still on its own and that kind of brings me to my issue with this movie 1941 the universal monsters are already kind of starting i know we have frankenstein and i know the mummy is already there um i don't have like a list with me right now but a lot of those monsters are already kind of starting so this is a little bit late uh, and I think it does have a bit of a lighter tone than, say, Frankenstein does. Like, the first Frankenstein is just macabre. It starts off with such darkness in a cemetery, and Victor Frankenstein is with Igor. They're they're taking body parts from criminals. Someone's being hung, I think. It's been a long time. But still, it's so much darker than the beginning of this film. So what's this movie about? Let's get started with the actual synopsis. It's pretty simple. We have our main character, Larry Talbot, whose father and his family owns this estate in Wales, and they've owned it for at least five generations. Larry is the younger son of the Talbots, uh, and his older brother dies, and so now he is the heir apparent of the estate. And so he, now he's come back to Wales in order to kind of reacquaint himself with the family, his father really, and the estate, and kind of take over things and learn to take over things. 
in the process of this. Larry finds a girl that he's attracted to. More on that later. And they go on this kind of impromptu or forced date where Larry takes his love interest Gwen and her friend Jenny out into a Roma camp that is in the middle of a misty forest. And during the night, a werewolf attacks Jenny and Gwen's friend and kills her. And Larry kills the werewolf, but not before he gets attacked himself and lives. And so, of course, as pretty much everybody knows by now, he then becomes a werewolf. And he's kind of the movie is about him dealing with that. The psychological effects of finding out that you're a werewolf, as well as the town's realization that there are lots of murders going on and the prime suspect seems to be Larry since he was at the scene of the original crime and he had said that he killed a wolf when in fact when they came up to the body it was a human and not a wolf and so of course the police are kind of side-eyeing him and he seems crazy but the way that everyone is handling the situation I mean specifically the authorities and the doc the like family doctor i guess or maybe it's the town doctor is very old school kind of protecting the wealthy elite because he's this privileged son so of course it couldn't be him that would he wouldn't actually kill them like there's only one answer and that's that he killed the guy but they can't come to that conclusion because they love the it's larry it's it's the talbert son it's the heir to the talbert estate it couldn't be him it's ridiculous and there's a lot about this movie that is ridiculous and now that you kind of get the idea we'll get into why so first of all the ickiness that comes with the main character and his pursuit over his love interest Gwen now of course this is movie from 1941 so it's obviously not going to have the most progressive ideas about love and relationships and that whole old patriarchal thinking of a man wooing a woman by aggressively coming onto her until a million no's turn into a yes and then you get married or something. It's definitely that kind of old style. For example, the first time that Larry sees the love interest Gwen, he is looking at the family telescope and their estate. And somehow this telescope has like incredible range to the point that Larry can look inside of Gwen's room above the antique shop that her family owns. And so she, he's just like ogling her and it's really kind of creepy, peeping Tom, voyeuristic, uh, very uh, skeezy. It, it just comes off that way. There's just really no way around it now. And of course, in the tone of the movie and... I guess at the time, maybe it was just seen as as kind of like a this is like a weird meat cute because then he goes to the the antique shop and starts coming on to her and he's not subtle about it either. He comes in there and asks for specific types of earrings and when she doesn't have them, he says, "Oh, what about the ones that were on your dresser in your room?" And she's like, "How? Wait, what? How do you know about that?" Like. He just straight up says it. I mean, her reaction is not as uh, creeped out as people nowadays would be. And I think people at the time as well. It's a stretch that someone would, a stranger would walk into your antique shop and start talking about things that are in your room that only you know about. I, I think anyone would be very creeped out about it. There's just no way around how strange and creepy that scene was to me. 
and maybe at the time people didn't think it was i mean obviously this is some people consider this a masterpiece which i think that is definitely a stretch um but it, it is unprecedented in some ways especially with the special effects and stuff like that but we'll get into that later but for now it is just ugh, it's really yikesy um the start the, just the start of this romantic relationship and it doesn't get any better he keeps coming on to her she keeps saying no he keeps saying all right i'll pick you up at eight we're gonna go uh look at get your fortune told at the roma camp and he's just he's just forcing the situation and then she finally relents basically which i guess in the idea of the story is that she's she really wanted to the whole time but that's just really gross it's just no that's just it's just gross if you have an off scene here or there in an old movie that doesn't hold up well that's one thing but like the entire story of this film is predicated on this relationship that starts between the two these two characters and it starts in such a gross way that it just it really just doesn't um put a good taste in your mouth starting off the film also the actor who plays Lawrence Talbot uh, Lon Chaney Jr is I mean I he just has the most punchable face. I just did not like him from the very beginning. His acting was bad. His acting was bad the whole movie. Other characters in the movie did better acting, more of the time kind of acting. It's it's melodramatic, but that's what you expect from these kind of movies. Uh, and he just was not good even with that caveat. He, I, I just did not like watching him. And I, I feel like he did a poor job. And I just frankly did not like his face. Now, that may be a personal thing with me, but... Um, didn't think that that was maybe the, that wasn't the character I was expecting. Uh, and I just didn't enjoy, uh, watching him on screen. That's just as simple as that. Anyway. So yeah, those two things together, the story is not starting off great and it doesn't get much better. The core of the story is cool. Or maybe I should say the lore of the story. Love me some good werewolf talk. There's lots of that in this movie. Lycanthropy. We're really getting into the nitty gritty of the psychological element because back in the day like there was those uh, examples in, uh, of those uh, like the french murderer uh, they didn't mention him but it kind of were like almost alluding to that stuff where back in the day there were like people who had a mental uh, break where they felt like they turned into an animal or a wolf and they would uh, actually commit murders and so they're kind of bridging that gap between the legend and the actual historical fact behind it I thought that was cool lots of pentagram talk and a little bit of paganism with the roma camp and them having like a festival even though everybody was kind of into it which i thought was cool um, because paganism is not evil it's just like a different religion uh, an older religion and uh, I thought that was really cool and while we're on the subject of things that are good about the movie the set was incredible the set design was awesome even from the start they have this great shot of Talbot Castle as they're coming up on it and it's obviously drawn in like it's backdrop work but it's like really beautifully done uh, and I'm I just miss I will you'll probably hear me say this as we get you know in the future into movies that do more of that I miss good backdrop like artwork i think it's just beautiful i think that stems from like loving the tim burton batman movies as a kid that gotham it was all like backdrop work and i just really i feel like it, it activates your imagination in a different way than cgi does and it's almost immersive maybe because on a certain level it is real like it's actually hand painted and in that way somehow activates your imagination better or something i'm not sure if there's any kind of science behind that but for me personally i really appreciated it 
Uh, that was cool. The observatory room. I think there's really only one or two scenes in it, but that was cool. The attic got turned in of the Talbot castle got turned into an observatory. And there's also some backdrop work in that, uh, room as well. So that, that was cool. And then of course the woods in the film, uh, that the Roma camp is in, that the cemetery is in, that a lot of the main action of the film is in about a good 30 or 40% of the movie that takes place in this area. Uh, that set design is amazing, and it's one of the reasons that it kept me interested in the film. Uh, it's one of the reasons why it's even as high as it is at the, the 6.5 level. Uh, if it didn't have that misty, uh, wooded glen and cemetery and the Roma camp, the, the, the mystery behind it, it invokes a lot of visual mystery, and I just love that. Very macabre. Uh, even though the tone was a lot of times a lot lighter than I was hoping for, the actual set design was that had the darkness that I was looking for. Um, and then, of course, once the wolf, once he turns into the wolf, there's some really great shots of like like with using lighting where he's coming up into the camera and he's dark, and then there's strips of light that are that are accentuating his face and. And it's that kind of stuff that I think is most iconic about the film. It's why there are people that say it's a masterpiece is because there are these certain shots that are just elevated, especially when you compare them to certain other films at the time. And 1941 is still really early in movies. Of course, there are always great films of every decade, even the 20s uh, and 10s. But for some of those shots, the, the, the use of lighting was very well done and... I'm sure if you were to take a Universal Monsters film class, they would talk about what that shot represented and all that kind of stuff. They mention a little bit of the metaphors of werewolf talking about the duality of man, but I, I really didn't see that much of it. Not a lot of subtext in this film personally, from what I could tell. I'm sure, like I said, if you were to take a class on this, they would they would extract it, which maybe there is some, but it wasn't obvious to me. The transition scenes are pretty cool too, especially there's one where like a time lapse of the feet getting hairier until they kind of turn into the werewolf like ho like not hooves but claws. That was cool and I'm sure for the time that was pretty advanced. It's basically like a bunch of crossfades into another shot uh, that's kind of like works as a bit of a time lapse. And there's even a, a, a shot towards the end where he turns back into the into Larry after being the Wolfman, and it does that same thing in reverse. And I think technology-wise, special effects-wise, that was that was a pretty cool move. Um, it still, I think, looks good to me. I mean, obviously, it's it's dated, but I think it has a good effect. Like, I it didn't take me out of the movie. I wasn't like, oh, that's so cheesy. I think it really worked for me, and uh, I think it deserves some points for having that kind of high-tech special effects in the film. So while the main character kind of sucked and the acting wasn't very good on his part, and the story had a lot of problems and just didn't hold up very well. There's a lot of yikesy moments, including the fact that Gwen actually has a fiance. So this whole time, Larry is trying to put the moves on her. And she's, I mean, she obviously likes him. And I guess in the end, she wants to be with Larry. But it's just like infidelity on top of all this. He's just like swooping in, trying to kiss her, like basically forcing a kiss on her in one point in the movie uh, when she's obviously in a relationship with somebody else. It just, he doesn't, Larry doesn't come off as a good guy, even though sometimes he tries to act like a victim. 
for the most of the movie, he's pretty predatory. So uh, I think the real wolf is Larry Talbot. Maybe that's the tagline of the movie. Uh, definitely not the point, obviously, at that time in uh, history. Uh, his actions would see, be seen, I guess, as pretty normal. I'm not sure. I didn't live in 1941. But... Uh, Considering this movie was wildly popular, I'd say that most people accepted this behavior, but it just does not hold up. It doesn't hold up at all. So the story doesn't hold up. Uh, some of the elements of the story do, as the idea of uh, getting the wolf curse transferred to you, having to come back on the full moon and have this transformation situation happen, waking up the next day and not remembering what happened. Like All those little elements are things that would be in most other uh, standard werewolf movies in the future. So there definitely is a lot of precedence here on some of the archetypal story elements. But the love story and the general logic of the film, like the authorities and the cops' like inability to like really truly do their job and see like use any kind of like real deduction to find out that obviously Larry is the person who's like killing people and like they know that he is like they have a strong suspicion but but because he's Larry Talbot and he's Sir John Talbot's son I guess they're getting him they're just giving him the benefit of the doubt like all the time anyway I digress uh, wrapping this up the I wouldn't necessarily recommend this movie it's really not that bad. If you're doing a completionist circuit of all the Universal movies, it might not even be the worst. I haven't seen all of them, so I couldn't say. Uh, but it's definitely a lot weaker than, say, like the Frankenstein movies. Like, a lot weaker. Very Not really that comparable as, in terms of quality. But there are some redeemable factors, like the special effects, the set design, and some of the precedents that it has, uh, starting a lot of things that are in a lot of later movies and also the special effects of uh, the transformation. And I just I did like that it kind of starts that idea of having this transformation scene because then you get to see how those uh, are done later in werewolf history, like movies like The Howling and American Werewolf in London, where, I mean, they're, they're feats, legendary feats of, of practical effects. Uh, so if it wasn't for the Wolfman, you wouldn't have those movies. So thank you, the Wolfman. But I just wish that you were a little bit more entertaining and a, a lot less yikesy when it comes to the love story. So with that 6.5 out of 10, that's going to be werewolf movies for this theme. Next week, we are starting the Nosferati theme with the very contentious Last Voyage of the Demeter, which is a pretty new movie. Uh, I saw it in theaters uh, just like a couple months ago with my girlfriend, and I immediately wanted to do a review because there are so many uh, contentious reviews out there, mostly bad, but I actually have, I think, some interesting thoughts on it. So uh, I'm very excited to get into that. And also, I just love the idea of Dracula being seen as more of a monster than a suave Bella Lugosi type. So that's it for this week. Um, I think next year, maybe at some point, I might do another werewolf theme because now I've seen all these other werewolf movies that I'm interested in. I'm really kind of in the hunt for good werewolf movies. Uh, Dog Soldiers really got me on the trail and then these next two movies kind of let me down. So now I've seen a couple looking through like werewolf movie history. I've seen a few other movies that I'm like really interested in. Uh, so I may do another werewolf theme later. 
Uh, let me know. You can do that good old uh, Q and A. Uh, section at the bottom of the Spotify page where you can give me some feedback on the episode. Let me know if you like the werewolf theme. Um, if you think it's super boring and dumb, then maybe I won't do it again. But uh, knowing me, I probably still will because I just like to do what I like to do. And I think it's fun. So werewolves are cool. I'm telling you, werewolves are cool. But werewolf movies, they, they struggle. So we're on the hunt for a better werewolf movie. Dog Soldiers right now at the top. But these other movies, not so good. Anyway, we'll get into that in Werewolf 2.0. But for now, I hope you guys have a good week. And I will see you next Friday.